Welcome to Podix Health, where we discuss the happenings in health. I'm today's host, Alexis, and I'm accompanied by our guest, Lizeth Carrillo, who is a medical student at the David Geffen School of Medicine in the Prime LA program. Thanks for joining us today, and let's put the X Factor back in health. Hello, Lizeth. I'm so happy to have you here today with me, as I'm sure our listeners are as well. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, Alexis. Been a crazy past few weeks, so I'm excited to sit and just talk. Yes, I'm glad to have you here. So, just for a little backstory, could you tell us where you went for undergrad, your major, and what you were involved in throughout college? Yeah, um, so I went to UCLA for undergrad. My major was MIMG or Microbiology, Immunology, and Molecular Genetics. I minored in study of religion and what was I involved in? So, I did a little bit of research. Uh, which explains the major. I came into college with a really deep desire to do bench science and study microbiology. And I realized pretty late into my third year that I hated it. It was just too far removed from the community and from people to the degree that I wanted to be working in. At that point, I was involved with TEACH, which is a community health program. We used to go into under-resourced communities and basically work with an after-school program with kids and kind of teach them about health and tutor them and mentor them. I was also a clinic interpreter, a Spanish interpreter at Venice Family Clinic, which is um, a federally qualified health center or a community clinic down the street in Venice. I worked as a server for much of college, either at a restaurant back home. I'm from San Pedro. So I worked at a restaurant there on and off. And then I worked at Tatsu Ramen as a server. I worked at a, at a coffee shop on campus as a barista. I worked at Benny's Tacos in Santa Monica at some point. I was a tutor. We called them PLFs on campus. Yeah, I taught the chem series and biochem. I worked basically for the Office of Housing, the residential life. Yeah, it took up a lot of my time, but studying too. That's kind of the bigger things I was involved with during undergrad, at least. I really like how you focused working with communities because you know that was something that you were really passionate about. And I also like how you were branching out into things that weren't necessarily strictly pre-med. So I think that's something that's very valuable, you know, when you're applying to medical school. So that's great to hear. So I understand that you just recently finished your first year medical school. So congratulations on that. How was your overall experience this first year? And is medical school what you expected? (laughs) I still can't believe I finished and passed. We don't have quarters. We have blocks. And each block is a different system. And the last one was neuro. I don't have any neuro background. So it was so foreign. It was so difficult. And just like learning a completely new language. And the day of my final, I was having Wi-Fi problems. I swear to you, I finished that final and I cried. And I was like, I don't think I passed. And somehow I passed by the graces of God. Overall, was med school what I expected? Definitely not. Being a first-gen student and just always working, as I'm sure many of your listeners are, med school was this unattainable dream. And i Never really thought much about what it would be like after getting in or what med school would actually be like. Like, I know we learn medicine, right? We know we learn these systems, Mm -hmm. but just like on a day-to-day life point of view, it was hard to envision. And I got here with these expectations that once I got into med school and started med school, life would be perfect, quote unquote. I have a lot of family issues and personal 
things that I deal with, as I'm sure many of us do, just being first generation students or coming from not as advantaged backgrounds. And I remember after graduating college, I, I was talking to a social worker at Venice Family Clinic and I was like, yeah, I want to take some gap years, just kind of work with my family or work on things with my brother. And she was like, honey, your problems are never going to go away. She's like, whether you take one gap year, four, five, six, and that stuck with me so long. And now I'm here and still dealing with things with family and learning how to communicate. And she was right. Life doesn't stop from med school. I think that was the biggest reality check I had and being in the middle of a pandemic and the world falling apart and everybody being in a perpetual state of grief has been really difficult. But I am really grateful for the health insurance I have through medical school. Growing up, my family and I had Medi-Cal or we were uninsured or, you know, access to good health insurance wasn't common. And so just now being in the space where I have access to more than anything like appropriate mental health services and being able to give myself the time and space to do the work and go through therapy. And yeah, so to answer your question in short, no, it hasn't been what I expected. Um, I've been doing super intense trauma-focused therapy. If anyone ever has questions about like concurrently doing therapy and med school at the same time, like hit me up. I'm happy to talk. I'm super open about mental health and stuff. But yeah, it's been a wild ride more than anything. I'm really grateful for the friends and the communities I've made. I would not have survived without them. And having that support system within my class, within my friend group has been super, super necessary and pivotal to why I passed this first year. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm so glad that being in medical school now has served you a greater purpose and helped you work on yourself and getting help with your mental health. That's all really great. And I'm glad that it's kind of giving you that time to do that. And also finding a community and friends that's also very important to have while you're in school. All right. So it's a bit more of a broad question. Why did you decide to choose a career in medicine? Was it something that you were always interested in or something thing you found later in life? I actually just talked to my grandma about this yesterday. <laughs> my mm-hmm. abuelita was telling me that growing up, my grandma always had diabetes and just seeing other family members have chronic diseases, hypertension, musculoskeletal pain. I had an, an uncle who was in a, in a vegetative state and I had a lot of family members who struggled with using drugs and losing their jobs and just a lot of interpersonal violence at home with domestic violence. And so seeing those issues around me all of the time, I think always had me interested in taking care care of other people, which isn't the most healthy way, the healthiest way to approach caretaking. But yeah, I always had an interest in curing my grandma, quote unquote. That's what she said I would tell her. And so growing up, I always had that interest in science. I'm from San Pedro. So I went to San Pedro High, which is an LAUSD high school. And our resources weren't all the way there or what they are today. So we didn't have access to a lot of really higher level science or math classes. And so when I graduated high school, I was like, I have an interest in science. At that point, I think I wanted to be a marine biologist. Growing up in San Pedro next to the ocean and with the aquarium, it was always an interest. There was always still that interest in medicine. I think in sixth grade at some point, I wanted to do forensic pathology. So the science interest has been there, I think. But yeah, coming into college, I realized I really liked taking care of people. And that was by the nature of how I grew up. I have two brothers and my mom was always working and but that desire to take care of other people. And I did the whole marine bio sitch for a little bit. And I was like, yeah, this is me just behind a microscope. And yeah, they're cool. And it's life in another way, right? But I really enjoyed that human to human or talking to people and really getting to know someone what they like, what they don't like, what makes them tick, I guess. Um, Yeah, I've always been a people person. 
That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. It's really interesting to see how uh, our different familial experiences influence what we're interested in and then also having that strong desire to explore the sciences. For those who don't know what the PRIME program is, I mentioned previously in the introduction that you were in the PRIME LA program. Could you explain what that program is and then why you decided to enter that program rather than what some people may call a standard program? Thank you for asking that. I love talking about Prime. Everyone should apply to Prime if they have an interest in working in service through medicine and specific communities. Prime stands for Program in Medical Education, and the Prime LA program specifically stands for Leadership and Advocacy. Historically speaking, Prime was created as a California-funded pipeline program to increase medical access to certain communities, so places like the Central Valley or urban underserved areas like here in LA and San Francisco. UC San Diego, their program is on health equity. They do a lot more border health work. The San Joaquin Valley up in Davis, so that their program is more rural health focused. And essentially, Prime is a program that allows you to take an extra year, whether that be take a master's program. So here at in Prime LA, our master's is required. I think other UCs have slightly different requirements, so they'll encourage a year off to either do research or do a master's. But the idea is that doctors aren't just doctors. We're physician leaders and we're community leaders. And that means having an interdisciplinary disciplinary knowledge of other fields and medicine alone won't cure a lot of the social ailments we have and being able to use public health or business or public policy as extra tools in our toolbox to mitigate those problems and work in teams to help our communities. So Prime tends to attract students who are, I don't want to say more service oriented because some of us do a lot more research, but students who have that desire and the heart and the passion to work in communities and to yeah use medicine as a tool to fight for social justice and fight for health equity. Yeah. And why did I decide to do Prime over any other program? When I first learned about Prime, I think I was a first or second year at UCLA. And I remember meeting some older Prime students on a panel and the lived experience that they had and the way they talked about medicine, using medicine to help people and to help our communities was so life-changing. And I was like, wow, that's exactly what I want to do. Why would I go to medical school to just do a traditional program? Don't get me wrong, medicine is still great. We learn about health and systems, right? But it's so far removed from society. So I really felt like Prime's mission always really aligned with why I came to medicine in the first place. Thank you for that. Just like you, I've learned about MD and MPH programs once I entered college. It's been really awesome to hear from other students like you who are also in Prime program. Just it's, it's something that I hadn't heard about before. And I'm sure many listeners now who didn't know about it were going to want to look into it. So we both encourage that from you all. Moving on, as I'm sure you're aware of, nowadays it's becoming more common for students to take a few gap years before applying to and entering medical school. Could you provide some insight into how many gap years you took and what experiences you had during that time. Yeah, I remember right before graduating college, or I think coming on to third year, that worry started to come on. I was like, oh my God, gap years, do I take them? Do I not? That time, I don't think I knew many people taking gap years or it was becoming a lot more common. But at first, I was very, very hesitant to take more than one gap year because I was like, I have to keep going. I have to keep going. And even now, sometimes here and there, due to the nature of family or family members getting sick, I come from a largely undocumented family. And so seeing their struggles and sometimes I 
feel like I'm running out of time, but I try to take a deep breath, step back and remember to live in the moment. But graduating, I didn't really know how many gap years I was going to take exactly. I knew I wanted to take some to study for the MCAT. Personally, undergrad was a rat race. It was so hard and I didn't have time or the bandwidth to study for the MCAT. I grew up, like I said, first generation student with many jobs and always focusing on school and I never felt fulfilled. Like I felt fulfilled with college because it's academics and we get our degree and we make we make our family proud. But I never felt like I had any hobbies or any interest and this underlying sense that I didn't really know who I was. So I graduated in 2017. In 2016, my older brother had a car accident. It was pretty bad. He was in a coma for I think three weeks and he was undocumented and experiencing prejudice within the medical system. We were living in Arizona, being told by a social worker that we should send him back to Mexico. That was a tragedy that unexpectedly hit me at the end of third year before my senior year. And so after that happened, I was like, you need to chill out. (laughs) I didn't end up taking time off from school shortly after because I was really focused on finishing school in a way served as a distractor for me. So I kept going and then I finished and then I was like, okay, I need to chill. I need to take a breath. I need to stop. I need to be a human. I need to feel things. I need to save money and slow life down for a little bit, even though didn't really slow down because I worked a lot but we're here now and we've slowed down now but yeah I studied abroad as my last quarter I went to Oaxaca and I recommend everyone do that program it's amazing it's through UC Davis and you go to Oaxaca and you do rotations through the clinicas and through the hospitales and it's a really really amazing three three month program so that was my last quarter and then I came back and I was like okay I'm gonna study for the MCAT I'm not gonna look for a big girl job quote-unquote I was working as a server so I did that got my score back I think in July and I was like I could potentially apply but if there's one golden rule for applying to med school that I've learned is to apply early so I chose to take the rest of the year off and I'm really glad I did again having the space and time to be a human and I ended up taking three years off total many of those months were spent either studying for the MCAT or working or applying to medical school so even though it was three years it was still so short in my opinion and now being on this side of things, I'm like, take time off. That's my advice, whether it be to work on yourself, to work on your application, never forget your mission and what you're doing. And the ultimate end goal is is medicine, but learning those wellness things that keep us going are so important in those skills. And yeah, I have such a range of friends in medical school, friends who've taken six years off, 10 years off. One of my good friends is a non-traditional student. He's 36. I have another friend who's 30. I have a couple friends who've done postbacks. They're like 28, 20, and there's people here who have kids and just from all walks of life. And of course, there's the traditional medical students who've taken one year off, who came directly in. But I'm a huge advocate for gap years. They're self-improvement years and it can be really healthy and necessary. Yes, I love how you call them self-improvement years. I think that's a much better term because you know that you're taking that time to work on different aspects of yourself that you may have not been able to focus on so much during undergrad. So those are all very valid reasons to take gap years and planning on taking some myself. And that's something that I've had to come to terms with as well. Having that pressure from family, just taking the time and really knowing your route and how you want to take that. 
I just want to validate that pressure too because it's so real. Yeah, every fan so party, it was like, "Yeah, eres doctora, you're a doctor." Yeah, I'd be yeah. like, "No, yeah, I'm, I'm working on my MCAT. I'm working in a clinic to get more experience." And even that, in and of itself, is special to share with them because you teach them so much. And I have a lot of little cousins who I hope now know more about this process or and are encouraged to do medicine as well. But yeah, it's always the running joke. Yeah, I definitely feel that. I guess you kind of touched on this a little bit, but do you have any advice for making the most out of your undergraduate years and your gap years? For undergrad, I think, I hate to say it, but GPA is important. And unfortunately, that's where the medical school admissions is. We're at a point where GPA matters and the cost of post-bac programs and having to take on extra classes afterwards to improve GPA. Have that goal in mind. Work with tutors reach out for help. The sciences are not easy. They, especially at a big institution like UCLA, it's unfortunate they call them weeder courses. Like, why wouldn't you want us to succeed? Really focusing on your studies and learning those academic skills. I know I definitely didn't have them coming in, but just using the help of tutors and utilizing all the programs that you can. And I do remember that feeling like not being able to ask for help or being really scared or feeling dumb. And it's like, you're not dumb. These institutions were not meant for us. They don't give us the resources resources we need so we really need to look for them so I think for any undergrad just really focusing on your GPA and if it's later into your undergrad years right and you're like okay I'm gonna need to do a postback because that's also a very big reality and that's okay that's completely okay just focusing on learning how to study and we come in and no one teaches us how to study we're kind of just expected to do it but that's a whole mission in and of itself learning wellness I don't think I knew what wellness was until my gap years and learning how to take breaks there's such a toxic pre-med culture of pulling all-nighters or not sleeping or working right and again you won't survive in medicine like that probably are people like that but personally (laughs) that's not my philosophy just learning how to rest taking breaks when you need them and focusing on your study skills I guess as far as your gap years I think that's where the importance of mentors comes in building connections having people you know who are in medicine and really sitting and assessing where you're at with your application say you've done a lot of research and teaching and you want more clinical experiences so using your gap years to supplement what you need in your application we're working and improving our applications, but it should also be a time for self-improvement for yourself and doing what you love. I, I did a bunch of internships and fellowships as part of the Summer Urban Health Fellowship through Harbor UCLA. Doing internships and programs that I really loved was really pivotal for my gap years. Thank you. That's all really great advice. So um, anyone who's listening, take that advice. I know I'll be taking it as well. Now, with having to get through undergraduate school, your gap years, applying to medical school, and now being in medical school, how have you managed to stay motivated throughout all of this? Great question. Honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is my group of friends. Friends I have through Prime, friends I've made outside of Prime who all came into medicine with that same mission to make a difference in our communities, the people who are doing social justice work, who are organizing within the institution to change our curriculum because at the end of the day, medicine is still a very racist institution that continues to perpetuate problems. And so finding those people around me and really having study nights, but then being able to go out to eat or go out and have fun in the limited ways that we could during the Mm -hmm. pandemic. So important 
to have those people around you. And yes, you know, sometimes you need to be alone to really get things down, right? But it can be very isolating to not have anyone, especially like your first gen student. I know my family supports me and I know they're proud, but their support is limited in, in what they can do and how they can support me. And so really building that community around you is so, so important. Honestly, once you get here, the world is your oyster. You can truly pursue whatever you want. Being able to reach out to faculty if you have an interest in working with harm reduction, if you have an interest in working in Latino health, if you have an interest in working in women's health, there's so many avenues and you can truly do whatever you want. And every once in a while, I'll sit down and reflect and get these butterflies in my stomach. I'm like, wow, I'm really here and I'm really living my dream. But truly pursuing what you want to do, I think as pre-meds too, we have this pressure. I need to do this because I need to get into med school especially with research. And it's like, you can still find what you're passionate about within those things. And in med school, that's so, so evident because you're already here. You can truly like, do whatever you want. And the motivation, honestly, we have a saying because everything is pass fail, at least at UCLA, it's P equals MD. <laughs> Undergrad hustle to get like an A or that B plus or whatever. And now it's all I need is 70%. I mean, yeah, you want to know things, right? For your patients and for step exams, but that takes off a lot of pressure is to competing with each other and so it really allows everybody to collaborate and work together which I think is really beautiful. That's all really great. Something I've heard from a lot of other medical students is just to remember your why and yeah just the importance of community even in undergrad. And I'm glad you talked about your why and that continues to develop as you go into med school. It's really, really great to come into med school with, I want to help this or I want to do that. But as you go, you're like, oh my God, this is what I really want to do. And so it's really cool to have that why develop as you learn and go. So looking into the future, what are you most looking forward to in your remaining years in medical school? Well, I'm starting my second year next month. I'm part of the Prime program, as we've talked about, and I still don't know what I want to do my master's degree in. So using this summer to figure that out, to really parse out whether I want to do like more policy or more legal studies or more public health or figuring that out is really exciting because I think it's like, okay, med school. And then you're here and it's like, okay, what else do I look forward to? There's still so many more options and choices to make. So I'm really excited to figure that out. I'm really excited and nervous for clerk which is the year that we go in, like actually work with patients and put all of our knowledge to test. I'm very scared. The idea of me getting to take care of a patient is a little scary. It'll come with time and it'll it'll be okay. But really parsing out interests too, as far as specific medical interests, I still have no idea what I want to specialize in. I always come back to certain specialties family medicine, or I enjoy working in spaces with harm reduction or with violence prevention and mitigation. So having those repeating themes come up, but excited to figure out what I'm going to do for the rest of my life and figure out what I'm going to do my master's degree in. That sounds really exciting. And I'm sure you're going to be doing really great things. So I'm looking forward to see what you okay. plan on doing. Thank you for your wonderful answers. But before I let you go, would you please share with us three songs that you've listened to and would like to recommend to our listeners? <laughs> let me pull up my Spotify. <laughs> well, my roommate and I talked about WAP by Cardi B, all about <laughs> women's empowerment yeah. and healthy sexual conversations and consensual sex. I've been listening to a lot of Selena lately. No me queda mas. I love like jamming out to the car and just screaming that song. <laughs> And the Pussycat Dolls, Stick With You. It's a little throwback that came up on my radio. And I remember my middle school days and I haven't stopped playing it. I definitely have listened to all of those three artists that you've mentioned. 
I'll definitely encourage everyone to check those out as well. And again, thank you, Zeth, for taking the time to share some of your story and journey with us today. I'm sure many people listening out there can relate to you and what you've shared and find you inspirational, as do I. We really appreciate you, and I hope all you listeners gain some insight into navigating the pre-med experience and taking gap years. Thank you so much. I'm always open to talking. I have a Twitter if you want to follow me. It's my name. So Liz Carrillo Med. Um, I'm also on Instagram, whatever you prefer. You can hit me up through email or reach out to Alexis and then send them to me. Thank you so much for having me. Ultimately, medicine is great and we want to have as many of us here. And it's never about us. It's always about our communities. So thank you for holding space for me and allowing me to speak to everyone. Thank you. I'll definitely be sharing Lizette's contact information if you all would like to contact her. So yeah, thank you.